Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail, our highway in the sky. For those of you standing, please hold on to the handrails throughout our journey and stay clear of the doors. For the comfort of others, no smoking, please. Thank you. Hey folks, you're listening to the Two Men in the Mouse special edition here on the White Dragon Podcast Network, recorded live in Orlando, Florida on uh, October the 16th, 2021. This is your everyday guide to the magic of Walt Disney World and the larger Disney universe beyond it. My name is Kevin Kessler, and I am not joined this week by my buddy Peter Mandel. Uh, we had a bit of a scheduling conflict, which I'll get into in a minute, but I will just finish the intro and then, uh, you know, we'll focus up on that. Uh, folks, Pete and I are two lifelong Disney fanatics who have managed to keep the magic of Disney alive in our lives every day, and we want to share that magic with you. So, pull up a chair, gather the family, or pop in your favorite set of headphones, and let's experience the magic together. Okay, wow. Seven years, and I still can't do the intro without a piece of paper in front of me with the intro written on it. You'd think I would know it by now, but I don't. Uh, and that is on me and my ever-weakening mental faculties. Um, all right, so Pete is back from his trip. However, uh, this week I am going on a trip. I'm going to uh, up to New Jersey for a wrestling show, and I am not. So we weren't able to coordinate our usual morning plans like we, we typically do. So I didn't want another week to go by without content. So I was able to uh, find someone a little closer to home. Uh, he's been on the show before, and um, he's actually my first in-studio guest for Two Men in the Mouse in six years. Like, not since I've moved to Florida. I have not had a single person in studio with me. So this is going to be a new, new old experience for me. Uh, so please welcome back to the show our friend, the Orange Bird's biggest fan, uh, Mr. Zachary Adams. Well, hello there. Thanks for having me back. Oh, thanks for coming back. I should, I should have called you Professor Zachary Adams. Oh, yeah, there is that too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zach is a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and an instructor, so uh, apparently we call them Professor. Yes, it's yeah. much easier than uh, getting a PhD. Well, actually, no, it's a much more painful than getting a PhD. I would assume so. Yeah, and longer too. Yeah. All right, so uh, a couple months back, uh, we had Zach on the show, and we were talking about specifically about moving to Orlando, like what that experience was like, uh, what you can expect to encounter, um, you know, when moving to the city beautiful, as we call it down here, or as they call it on the monorail from the airport when you hear the mayor come on, whatever. Um, and, you know, we, we talked a bit about that. So let's, I wanted to give the listeners kind of an update on your move, how it went, what it's been like, because you've been here for almost a month now. And I wanted to, you know, just kind of like, this is going to kind of be a very informal episode of Two Men in the Mouse, guys. Um, we're not doing the news. It's not really any ticket attraction. We're just kind of like, having a conversation uh just having a disney conversation the way you do uh with your buddies and you know you've all had these conversations so you know what i'm talking about uh so you know strap in pete's gonna be back next week and we're gonna be doing the big uh mandel family um trip report like we always do one of our favorite show of the year uh but you know for this week we are just gonna be 
chatting a bit. We're just going to be talking Disney. And But as always, the show is brought to you by our good friend and sponsor, Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, who will plan your Disney vacation for you at no additional cost to you. You can always find Dave at DisneyDW at Verizon.net or look him up on Facebook as Magical Travel Dave. All right, Zach. So where remind the people where you moved from, what your background kind of is. Okay. Well, uh, actually moved from uh, the land of Stephen King and Lobsters, uh, moved from central Maine. Right. Um, a month, actually a month ago yesterday is when I we packed up the truck and left huh. for the last time. And uh, we arrived here a month ago tomorrow, actually. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Um, so, wow, I can't believe it's been a month already. Yeah, it's uh, it's strange. It's felt like it's been five days and five months all at the same time. Right. It's, time is a weird soup. And so now how how quickly did but when getting down here obviously i know the answer to these questions but the people don't uh how quickly when getting down here did you get your disney pass um let's see the next day i think it was the next day yeah, yeah it was the next day because we arrived uh we arrived about two thirty, three o'clock on saturday and uh i signed up and got my annual pass for disney sunday at epcot yeah, yeah, because you know, originally we went to Disney Springs to do it because, you know, I'm the hugest proponent of utilizing that, um, you know, that that Disney Springs. Um... The Welcome Center? Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Sorry, I'm fiddling with the with the audio controls because, like I said, I haven't had anyone actually in studio with me in forever. So it's like learning how to walk again. <laughs> Well, we can uh, we can scoot as we go and and start walking as the show continues. Yes, uh, yeah, and we were unfortunately informed that it was going to be a two to three hour wait, right? Uh, because we arrived uh, on we went there Saturday night, and Saturday and Sunday are the busiest times uh, mm-hmm. for the Welcome Center there. So they said. Your choices are go to a different location, wait in line, or come back on a weekday. And yeah. I yeah. didn't want to do that. So. so you went to Epcot the next day. You got your Florida resident annual pass. Which tier did you uh, did you choose there? I am much like my D and D main class. I am in the Sorcerer pass. Awesome. That's that's the one that I'm going to get when it's time for me to upgrade. Because right now I still get to keep my Platinum pass mm-hmm. uh, up through September. But so first uh, park you went to then was Epcot. Yes, first park I went to was Epcot. First ride I did was uh, Soarin' Around the World. Right. Oh, that's fantastic. And then we ended up going to Magic Kingdom, what, the next day? Uh, or, or like two days no, later? No, that was Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, Tuesday uh, you and I went to yeah, Magic Kind Kingdom. of just an impromptu Magic Kingdom trip around the world. Uh, and so when did it really kind of sink in for you that like, oh, wow, like this isn't vacation. Like this is life now. Okay, so there are, uh, I do have to say there are parts of me that uh, still haven't, it, it still hasn't registered, mm-hmm. I, I think. But um, I have to say, and anybody who knows me personally uh, will know how much of a big deal this is, that uh, the first time that I was at Magic Kingdom and I didn't force myself, like, bother to wait in a super long line hmm. to ride the Haunted Mansion because it is my favorite ride, when I was just like, you know what? It'll be here tomorrow and I could be here tomorrow. Right. Uh, that's uh, it, That was kind of a, a eye-opening moment for me. And I do have to say... Um, I've had quite a few of those moments since then uh, of realizing that, uh, hey, I'm not going anywhere. I don't need to rush this. Yeah. Uh, and 
that freedom uh, really uh, has relaxed my attitude about the parks and about how I experience them. So looking back on the move, like, I mean, the entire process from like the original decision down to the actual move to getting down here and then like, you know, going to Disney for the first time. Is there anything that you can think of? That like, oh, I wish I knew this then because it would have made it easier for me. Because I know a lot of listeners out there talk to me about wanting to make the move down here. So what would your kind of like top recommendations be? Um, the, I think that probably the biggest takeaway after experiencing all of this is uh, the, the idea of uh, having to hurry up to wait. Um, it, because you can, you know, I'm... I am, and I know a lot of uh, a lot of people who are big Walt Disney World fans are uh, big on uh, long term planning. Yeah, uh, you know, you know, uh, ninety days out, or at least it used to be, you knew ninety days out where you were going to get your fast passes, and one hundred and eighty days out where you were going to eat. Obviously, that's changed uh, with the new world of Disney, right? Uh, but uh, I am the person who's p- planning ahead and. Uh, our house was being packed up months in advance uh, down to the point where the last few weeks uh, we I literally was just living out of a suitcase of the little bit of clothes that I had to have with me. Um, but I, I, I would have to say that the biggest thing is realizing that uh, there are so many facets to moving uh, here or anywhere. That's a that's a big move. Uh, you've got to deal with housing, which. Uh, obviously in the last few years, housing has changed significantly, uh, the access to it, um, job, the job market and which in some ways have actually, has actually gotten easier right. uh, with, with all of the, uh, remote work and some ways has gotten harder with the crunch from, uh, it, what you can do for a job and what you can make doing it and where you can make it. Absolutely. Um, so I, I, I can say that uh, my wife had a job and was working remote for the company that she's working for down here months in advance. Yeah, that, um, that was a that was like a really lucky break that she was able to find a position like that that was willing to be so open with like, you know, allowing that to happen. Yes. And that 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 was uh, that was the first cog in the, in in the gears uh, to really get this like. A hundred percent. Hey, we are moving. Right. Uh, whereas for me, I had a couple of job offers, but not what I was looking for. And honestly, that Tuesday, we arrived on Saturday. I got my pass on Sunday. I promised myself privately that I wouldn't step foot on Magic Kingdom until I got the job that I wanted. Right. That Tuesday that we met at Magic Kingdom, it's because I literally left the interview uh, with a handshake and a job offer, right? Changed in my car <laughs> on the side of the road and drove to Disney and was like, "Hey, Kevin, meet me here." Yeah, no, I've been there too. I, I, I too have had to like change out of dress clothes like before going into one of the parks in order to, like, you know, get there after work or something like that. So, absolutely, it's just such a whole new environment when you move down here, and now all of a sudden it's like, you know, I saw somebody over in um on the Disney Dads group today. I think it was uh, Rick Reagan was saying like. Like, oh, you know, today I was feeling like, oh, I really want some Casey's Corner. So got in the car and 30 minutes later, there I was, you know, eating Casey's Corner. And I was like, isn't that the best feeling? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's it's an amazing experience. And, and kind of circling back to the Haunted Mansion thing, uh, 
what was it, a week, about a week or so ago, uh, it was a rainy day and it was kind of rainy and cloudy and I was, I was a little bit down in the doldrums for a moment, not for long, but for a moment. And, uh, I messaged my wife and said, I'm going to, to Magic Kingdom and I'm going to ride Haunted Mansion. Right. That's all there is to it. And that's literally what, what we did is I got out of work, got in my car which I now keep a spare change of clothes and sneakers and comfy walking shoes and all that fun stuff. Oh, yeah, you got to right have your in, car. You got to have your in case of Disney break open glass kit in your oh, car. Oh, 100%. That is that was a demand. I have got the uh the the bum bag slash fanny pack depending on what side of the Atlantic you're on. Mm-hmm. Uh and the the pass. I've got everything ready to go. Uh and just said, "Hey, I'm I'm going to Magic Kingdom." And we showed up to Magic Kingdom. I it was raining. There was people, you know, uh, on their vacations freaking out because it was raining. Out. Of course. And I just. How we dare just, Disney make it rain? I know. It was terrible. But uh, we just sauntered our way over to the Haunted Mansion, rode the ride, got out, and it was when the fireworks were going off. So instead, oh, fantastic. And so instead of sitting and uh, trying to cram in and catch the fireworks, we rode Peter Pan with a five minute wait. Fantastic. Yeah. The the only thing, the only place that we actually waited in line uh, was the uh, the children's bedroom because a few people were playing with the uh, the, sh- the shadows. Right. Right. Uh, that was the only wait on that ride. It was amazing. It was the quickest time that I'd been through that ride uh, probably ever, really. All right. So what was the first Disney meal you had? And I know what it was because I was with you, but... <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Uh, the first meal that we had um, was at Raglan Road. It was. It was. Raglan Road, it, it's such a sleeper. You know, like, I feel like a lot of people sleep on it. They don't really, like, consider Raglan Road as, like, a big destination. But I really love it. I mean, like, what's not to love? There's food. There's live music. There's indoor seating. There's outdoor seating. Like w- Yes, which, with the current situation of the world, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the personal pan pizza and all, uh, my wife feels much more comfortable with outdoor seating, and uh, we were able to get outdoor seating no problem there. Yeah. And it was uh, no dip in service, no dip in uh, musical uh, accompaniment. It was an amazing evening. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, we kind of did a we kind of did a double date. You and your wife, me and my girlfriend went, and um, and then just kind of walked around Springs. And like, it's amazing. Like when you look at like the AMC and Disney Springs, and you're like, oh, this is my movie theater now. Like, this, yeah. you know, I can just come here whenever I want. And and I know it sounds like a broken record. Like, yeah, I can come here whenever I want. Like, yeah, rub it in. I live in Minnesota. Uh, but the um, I feel like a lot of people who are Disney fans have that dream in the back of their head. Like one day I'm going to do it. Maybe when I maybe like in a couple years when I can sell my house or maybe when I retire, when my kids go to college, that's when I'm going to make the move. I'm going to give up these these winters i'm gonna you know and i'm gonna actually live down there and kind of experience everything all year round yeah and um you know it's it's become a little more difficult to kind of maximize the experience because of like the park pass system and things like that like just the other day they're like one like my girlfriend looked at like the park pass and she's like yeah there's nothing available today yeah um i'm not sure exactly what um uh how exactly that they're running their system yeah. you know uh i do know that there was uh i believe it was saturday um 
I happened to wake up uh, really, really early, and I looked at the I looked to see what was available for the parks, and uh, three out of the four parks were uh, locked out for annual pass holders. <laughs> Which I mean, I have an annual pass, so like yeah. that's what I click in on. So the only park that was available was Hollywood Studios, and, right? Uh, Which is I, weird because you think that would be the one that you don't that that would be the first to go because of- right, right. Uh, it was it was kind of a strange strange idea, uh, but um, and then it, I I was just like, well, I don't really want to go to Hollywood Studios and. The one thing that I do not like about the park uh, pass system, even with the uh, with with the park hopper, is you can't use the park hopper until two p.m. That is a game changer, and I feel like a lot of people need to realize that they like, they don't think about it because when you're picking when you're when you're having a park hop day, like let's say you want to do three four parks in a day, the fact that you're stuck in your first park until two p.m. is definitely a strategy shift. Because I was originally when I when I took my my girlfriend for the day that she got her pass, I was like, all right, we're gonna do all we're gonna we're gonna end up doing three parks. We're gonna go to Animal Kingdom first because I want to see the animals early in the morning, and that's what she wanted to do. And then one of my friends was like, you know, you got to stay at Animal Kingdom till two o'clock before you can park hop. And I was yep. like, oh, so I feel like Magic Kingdom for me is always going to be the first park. Uh, on those days i i i can't really disagree with you i i do have to say that i depending on what your plan is um you know i i know a few years back uh and and we had put it in the group and and uh and challenged other people to do it my wife and i did the four parks one day right challenge which was you know all four parks different transportations to get there a snack at a, a snack a ride a snack an e-ticket attraction and a picture with the icon. Right. That's near impossible now. And as as lovely as each of the parks is, if your goal is to park hop, no matter where you land, you're in a gilded cage until 2 p.m. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And and you know, when you, and I've done the the animal like my girlfriend and I were at Animal Kingdom, her brother was at Hollywood, and then we all met up at Epcot later that day but we had to wait until 2 p.m to get out of animal kingdom and it was a bit of a like because we got there at like 8 a.m for opening so it was kind of like how do you fill an entire morning slash early afternoon with animal kingdom it, well, it's hard it, to do yeah but you it, also want to go to animal kingdom early because that's when the animals are most uh, like 100 percent uh and what you find is that uh, you know, there, there was a, uh, a theme and an idea for many years, and I know you've espoused it. And so have I, that animal kingdom's a half day park and, uh, Hollywood studios for a while was a half day park. Not anymore. Yeah. But... Um, now sometimes not anymore. Uh, it kind of depends on who's showing up there and at what time and what you can get on. Um, but this being locked until two almost it, like. Especially with Epcot being, you know, it's a wall world after all. Right. Magic Kingdom is maybe the only park that isn't a half day park right now. Yeah, I mean, I and don't think Holly, not a half day. It's two thirds. I, I think you can get to two o'clock pretty easily with Hollywood. I really do. And I mean, look, there are people who don't get park. Like Pete doesn't get park hopper anymore. He does one park for the entire day. Mm-hmm. And maybe if you're taking a break in the middle of the day, you're going to Springs, you're going back to your resort, going in the pool or whatnot. That's that's infinitely doable. But for me, it's hard to stay in one park for the entire day. And I don't know. Maybe I'm just spoiled because 
park hopping has been so available to me for the last six years. But even when I was coming down on vacation, park hopping was a huge part of my day. Right. And, and it, well, here's the idea of it. And this is a, uh, an old adage, uh, from Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is if you can see the timer and you know how long you, you, you have to last, you can last forever. But if you don't know how, if there's no timer, if you're in a real life fight and mm-hmm. there's no timer and somebody to split you up after five minutes, how long are you going to last? Right. And it's all in the attitude that, that you take it in on. If, if my plan was, and this is something that I was, when I was vacationing here, a lot of times we would do just one park for the day. Yeah. And if that was your plan, that was your, your plan from the outset. And that's the attitude and the idea you have. You take your time, you spread out, you do the the little neat things, the sorcerers of the magic kingdom and not the, anymore fi- of that. Yeah, <laughs> not anymore of that, true. Uh finding all of the different Remy's right. uh through Epcot. There there are different neat things that you can do that can, you know, uh make your day stretch out and you can take your time. Um but if you are in the mood and you're the type of person who park hops, you are going to be I would say you, if you're lucky, most of the time, if you can make it to lunch and not be chomping at the bit waiting mm-hmm. for two o'clock to come around, right? Well, especially if you're gonna if you're gonna go into a restaurant and sit down and have lunch. I mean, you have a twelve thirty lunch, you're you're pretty good. Like we, like my girlfriend and I, that day we went to Magic Kingdom, we got a lot done in the morning, and then we had a twelve thirty Crystal Palace lunch. So by the time we got out of it, because you, you figure you can leave the park that you're in. And probably should sometime between twelve forty-five and one thirty, if you want to get there right at two o'clock to kind of maximize the amount of time that you have for the rest of yep. the day. Yeah, because travel time is a thing, and it's going to take you. Especially like, I mean, the Skyliner is wonderful, but you're you're on it for a minute mm-hmm. if you're oh, going. Yeah, especially if you're going from Hollywood and, to Epcot. And remember that, uh, I would probably say forty to fifty percent of the other people in each of those parks have mm. the same idea you do. Yep. So from about twelve thirty one o'clock until about three o'clock, it's just a huge shuffle from it is. every park. And it so is. everything's slowing down. Well and that's why like when I when I did the fiftieth, like I really was like, okay, if I'm gonna get into Magic Kingdom today, I have to get there at two o'clock. Mm-hmm. And thankfully it worked, but if I was if I had been an hour later, I would not have gotten into Magic Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the only time since this new since park hopping returned that I have ever seen that happen where a park was closed. So I, that's not going to be a common occurrence where it's like you can't park hop here because it's at capacity. Like, will it happen on the Fourth of July, Christmas, New Year's? Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. But like outside of those days, I don't think you're going to encounter a whole lot of that. I honestly didn't think you were going to encounter a whole lot of not being able to get into specific parks. You know, on certain days, because I was like, well, what, at, you know, if they're at capacity, at what point do these parks ever reach capacity except for like holidays? Now, they, they haven't said what percentage they're at currently capacity wise, like if they're back to 100 percent or whatnot. But they do close it down for annual pass holders before they close it down for anyone else. Yeah, that's the thing is it, capacity for annual pass holders and capacity for somebody with a day ticket or a, uh, a resort. resort reservation is completely night and day. Right. And and by the way, folks, if you have an annual pass, but you're staying in a resort, your resort stay supersedes your annual pass and you, you have access as a resort 
person, not, you yes. know. You stop being a second-class citizen. For yeah, those, third-class citizen. Yeah, uh, for those five days uh, in a resort. Day, day passes are second-class citizens. Annual pass holders are the freeloading third third class citizens <laughs> that's true that's true um all right real quick we're going to take a quick break from this conversation we're going to hear from the rest of our sponsors and the rest of the white dragon podcast network and we'll be back with more two men in the mouse coming at you right after this you know pete it's hard work planning a disney vacation of course your whole family has to get going you got to pack everything up you got to figure out where you're eating you got to figure out where you're staying but you know what makes life so much easier makes your trip planning a more fun experience tell me that sounds like something i need absolutely you need a travel agent do we know one of those we absolutely do we know our good friend and sponsor dave weikert of magical travel the official travel agent of two men in the mouse folks we've both used him yes we have dave weikert plans our disney vacations all the time and we would not recommend him if we didn't use his services ourselves dave started his cranford based business here in 2008 and in that time has been planning hundreds of Walt Disney World vacations. Dave plans every trip as if it were his own and you will never find someone more passionate about Disney. Very easy to work with and will do his best to make sure you're satisfied. Working with Dave, you're likely to pay less and get more. And what's better than that, Peter Mandel? Tell me. You never pay a charge for Dave's services. It is 100% free. Dave will plan your entire trip for no additional cost to you. That sounds awesome. Absolutely. Dave has helped over 875 families enjoy their Disney vacations. A graduate of the College of Disney Knowledge, Dave has visited every Disney World resort and has personally stayed at 12 Disney World resorts. He's dined also at every Disney restaurant. He's crazy about Disney food. That is an accomplishment. Absolutely. I wish I could say I did that. That's like the snack challenge times 10. Yep. Dave also gives you Disney dollars for land packages and shipboard credits for any Disney cruise line vacations you might be going. Uh, This can be used as cash at any Disney destination or store. Traveling with kids in your party, Dave will also provide you autograph books for all your kids. He gave them to us? Absolutely. Your kids went down with Dave Weiger autograph books. Of course. Well, Disney autograph books supplied by Dave Weiger. Depends how his name on it. Dave simplifies your life by booking your complete vacation, including resort stay, airlines, Disney meal plans, and park passes. Also, checks daily for new discounts. When specials are announced, he immediately checks availability and rebooks your vacation at the lowest possible price. Dave can also book all your Disney dining and will do his best to get hard-to-book reservations like Cinderella's Royal Table and Be Our Guest. It's really, truly a no-brainer. Folks, take the stress out of your life. Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, the official travel agent of Two Men in the Mouse. If you and your family are taking a trip to the Orlando area this year, your little ones deserve to stroll in style. Lugging a stroller from home can be an annoying and frustrating part of the first leg of your journey. And renting those hard plastic strollers from Disney theme parks can be both costly and uncomfortable for your kids. Well, I'm here to tell you about the solution to your child transport problems, and that's Kingdom Strollers. Kingdom Strollers is a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. Not only is it less expensive than renting a stroller from the theme parks themselves, but these are padded luxury models with features like drink holders, canopies, storage baskets, and more. What's more, you keep this stroller with you for your entire trip, whereas park-rented strollers, you got to return them before you leave the park that day. This is going to make those late-night post-fireworks bus stop queues so much easier, and Dad's shoulders are going to thank you for it. So, how does it work? You just go to kingdomstrollers.com and make your selection on the stroller or crib that's right for your child. Just let the good folks over there know a great time for delivery and pickup, 
and where you'll be staying. You can pick your stroller or crib up from the luggage stand at your resort and then drop them back off there at the end of your stay. So pack light, leave your stroller at home, and save up to a whopping 50% versus park price stroller rentals when you visit kingdomstrollers.com. humans my name is morty monster and i'm uh, well i'm a monster i'm here as an exchange student from the monster world where growing up i fell in love with the world of human pop culture unfortunately not a lot of monsters share that passion so i came here to experience all of these things that i love and to share that passion with all of you i do this through my youtube channel with regular video blogs One of my favorite things to do is film while in the theme parks of Orlando, Florida. Join me in Walt Disney World, Universal Studios, SeaWorld, and more. I'll also be reviewing comic books, web videos, TV shows, movies, and other awesome stuff. Find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash MortyMonster. I'm on Instagram as MortyMonster and Friends. I'm also on Twitter as MortyMonsterBFF. From there, you can find a link to my YouTube videos. Please like, subscribe, love, sign up for notifications and more for all the Morty content. I can't wait to share my adventures with all of you. Morty Monster! This is Bill Farmer and you're listening to Two Men and the Mouse. And we're back with more Two Men in the Mouse. Uh, Kevin Kessler here, joined by Professor Zachary Adams, uh, here in sunny Orlando, Florida. Though it's it's nighttime right now, so not super sunny. Uh, but the um, you know a lot of new things are kind of sprouting up, and I wanted to take a minute to kind of talk about some of the new stuff that you've gotten to experience since you've come down. Um, you know, I've experienced a lot of new stuff in the last couple of weeks. I think the first biggest elephant in the room has got to be you got to go on Rise of the Resistance for the first time. I did. Yeah. And I was happy that I got to be there to kind of see it because, look, my drug of choice is watching people go on Rise of the Resistance for the first time. (laughs) It's my favorite thing to do. That is a expensive drug of choice, I must say. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, So, you know, you went... You didn't go in completely blind. Like you would watch some some video walkthroughs, I assume. Yeah, uh, because obviously you got to experience it, uh, or you got to experience my wife experiencing it for yes. the first time before this craziness. Yes, started. yeah, when she came down like for her literally solo trip. the week that Disney shut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I I knew that it was going to be a long time until I was able to experience it. And obviously, I am a really big Star Wars fan. As you, yeah. Uh, as uh, most people know. Um, so I, I did watch uh, some YouTube ride-throughs. I normally don't for new rides. I like to go in blind. I like to uh, to have the full experience and it not be cheapened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I, I didn't think it would be. I thought it would probably take this long two years yeah to get to ride this uh and so i did watch it so i didn't go in fully blind um and i can say that even knowing 
uh, you know, understanding the ride and kind of what it was, uh, seeing it in person and experiencing it in person uh, was a completely, um, it was a complete, a, a completely life, uh, life affirming uh, 15, 20 minutes. So you don't think that your experience was cheapened at all having kind of watched, you know, like online videos and walkthroughs and stuff like that? Okay. Uh, I will say that I still enjoyed it and it was still amazing to me. If, uh, if I was able to go into it blind and, uh, it, I think it would have been slightly better. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's not really taking away from the experience that I did have. Right. Because it was, it was, it was an amazing experience uh, for something that's been part of my life literally as longer than I've been alive. Right, right. Now, ha- did you get to experience the new Club Cool yet? No, but I do know how bad Beverly tastes, so uh-huh. I'm not waiting in a line for it. That's I, for so. Sure. I actually got I w- we, I was walking by the other day, and the line was short, so I got online and and got in there. Okay, it, it's it's a much different atmosphere than the old one used to be because you know the old at the old one the so it, it, it was larger for one, and mm-hmm. like the soda machines were kind of like in the middle, and you could just kind of walk up, take one, whatever. It's not like that any, and I don't know if it's just because of the pandemic or or if this is just kind of the way it is now. But while this is a huge store, like when you go when you get in there, there's another line, and like your party then gets assigned to one of the soda machines, right? And then you kind of can just like go through and then buy whatever you want to buy while you're in there, and then leave. It was fine. I, I I don't know when I'll do it again. I'm sure I will, but like mm-hmm. you know, if there's any kind of line, I don't need to be in there. Right. Yeah. That. Which I mean, obviously, with the with the way that we've started to uh, to reconfigure how we live uh, in in these times and in future times, um, there was there was something there was something fun and almost kitschy and. Uh, lowbrow about being able to walk in there and you, it's the the floor's all sticky you're bumping into people you're yes you know th- there was something to that um even if it was kind of when we're looking at it through the eyes that i have now in 2021 how disgusting that actually is this this <laughs> this to me felt like it inside it it looks like a much smaller version of world of coke right it's got a lot of the same merch it's, okay. you know, it, it, you know, you could still get your frozen Coke up there and whatnot if you buy it. But it's like it's like world of, a smaller world of Coke if some of the sampler was free, you know, like that big sampler that people. Right. Get with the... Yeah. Um, which obviously, like I have experienced the world of Coke over in Disney Springs. Right. A- as well. Um, actually, you and I did that together. Yeah. Um, cute store. I really like yeah, it. I missed. I, I missed the polar bear. Yeah, the polar bear was great. Uh, polar bear tried to eat my head once. That was funny. Mine too. Yeah. Um, it's a thing he does. He just he might be a zombie. Admit, quite possibly, he's going after those going brains. After the but brains, he's got those plastic teeth. Uh, yeah. Um, I, 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 hearing your experience, I don't know when I would bother waiting in a line for it now. Honestly, you're you, there's so many. Like, Go ride something you've ridden a million times rather than wait for the new, you know, wait in line for the, for the new Club Cool for the first time. Go it, go experience a, yeah. a, the Target store next door. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, let's let's talk, that's another new thing is the Creation Shop. Now I oh. I hate the Creation Shop and I can't wait to hear Pete's reaction to it. But I know you um you had like a kind of a theory around 
the the fact that all of these like well themed Disney stores are now kind of becoming like modern day department stores. Yeah, uh, and it's 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 a little bit of a of a meandering rant, or a, it, you know, I kind of feel like uh, the dude from It's Only Sunny in Philadelphia with all the strings and the Pepe Silva uh-huh. and whatnot. Um, so if you think about it, in the uh, think about the uh, restaurants. From your childhood, if you happen to be a millennial or a Gen Xer mm-hmm. like I am, or even a boomer or whatnot, uh, and you think think in your head of what a Pizza Hut looked like, and what a McDonald's looked uh. like, and what a Burger King looked like, uh, any of those type of stores, what a Kmart looked like. Like even uh, from the outside, they had the yes, very specific yes. architecture. Yes, very specific architecture. Uh, everything had its kind of its own look, its own feel. And it was all well and good. And, I mean, you could pull down a road. Uh, you know, I know in my hometown uh, it would be Broadway um, or Stillwater Avenue that you could pull down the road and you could see from one end to the other. And you could be able to just by the signs and the architecture of the buildings know what restaurants were on that road. Right. In the early 2000s, uh, we had quite a few new uh, restaurants that – kind of started popping up i mean it, it seemed like every five feet there was a quizno sub or th- there was a lot of yeah. new different uh you know fly by night restaurant chains that popped up a lot of them started failing especially through the like 2008 economic downturn mm-hmm. uh, a lot of these restaurants started failing and all of these land developers now own this property with a very specific looking building on it. Right. What are you going to put there? Right. Well, you can't turn over a pizza hut. You got to knock it down and build something new, which is infinitely more expensive. Yes. So now if you think about it, it, take a drive down your local, uh, down to your local city, town, whatever it happens to be, all of you listeners, and see how similar the new buildings for McDonald's and Burger King and Subway all are. Right. They, 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 it's almost like you're you're building them. It's almost like a vinylmation, you know. Yeah. Like you color it a certain color, yeah. and then you wash the color away, and yes, you can draw something a, new. Yeah, it's all it's all grays and browns. Everything's square. Everything's very industrial looking. Everything's very clean looking, but boring as cardboard. And so, what has seemed to happen, or at least in my opinion, is that. Uh, you can you can look at something and you can look at something be successful and still take the wrong lesson from it. Mm-hmm. Disney saw that oh wow all of these developers or at least this is my theory. Uh, Disney started seeing that all of these developers are all building these plug and play buildings that all look the same. They all right. look very generic. They're all very clean and and they. They feel nice and they feel clean, but they feel sterile and there's nothing there. Right. And Disney took the wrong lesson from it. Do you think that maybe it is Disney looking ahead, kind of like what you're saying with that, with like, all right, well, how long is this going to be the creation shop for? Like, maybe it's the creation shop. Maybe they want, like, my theory on that, kind of jumping off of that theory, what mm-hmm. was that maybe they're like, we need like look at the amount of interest that retooling mouse gear into the creation shop dr- drummed up in people. What if now instead of having it be mouse gear for thirty five years, it's the creation shop 
for 10 and then they turn it over into something else and maybe they're trying to build these buildings in a way that it makes them easier to turn into something else. Like taking those gears yeah. down off the wall right. was probably, and that's not something you do like, like putting up those gears and that mechanism to make them turn. Right. That was there for the long term. That was a long term plan being yes. put into fruition. I'm thinking maybe this isn't a long term plan N- and, yeah. and they want to drum up interest every couple of years by completely turning something over. Right. Now I'm going to ask you uh, when I'm going to use one word. I'm going to say one word, mm-hmm. and I want you to tell me if that this word feels Disney to you. Okay. Nostalgia. Oh yeah. What is nostalgia? Nostalgia is heartache for what came before. Member berries. Member berries. And you know what else is nostalgia? Nostalgia is knowing that when I was a child, I went into mouse gear. Yeah. And when my child was a child, she went into mouse gear. And when their child is a child, they went into mouse gear. Mm -hmm. Uh, And being able to share that. This plug and play recycling for five minutes, this uh, for for a month of positive Mm -hmm. or or negative reviews on TikTok for for it to go away until they retool it again. That is that that's building on sand man that doesn't that's not going to last and that shouldn't be what and what i don't feel that what this or what this feeling what this company all um was supposed to be built on now i do understand before while people are screaming at their radios or their phones i do understand that walt always said that this will ne- you know not disneyland will never be done yada 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 and and nothing is 100% sacred Anything can be retooled. Yes, for something better, but not just for the sake of retooling it. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, and and I agree, I'm with you. Like, I I kind of, I subscribe to your theory here, but to play devil's advocate, Mm -hmm. you know, they might, they, it is a for-profit company. And if if changing things over is going to generate interest, and now our retail store has a line out the door, every couple of years, then maybe that's worth it to them. Like, um, nighttime shows. Wish We had Wishes for what? Like, Wishes was around for so long. Very, very long, yeah. And then Happily Ever After was here for a cup of coffee. Pete was saying to me, he was just like, this is the new thing. They're going to turn these nighttime mm-hmm. shows over constantly because look at what it does. It whips people into a frenzy. Right. In, in Enchantment, I'm telling you, in 17 months, Enchantment is gone. Yeah. I uh, I honestly don't, I, I feel like that Happily Ever After would have had a longer shelf life if if it would have started five years earlier, it would have had all of those five years up to it. I believe the 50th is what caused the change. You know, we've got to have a new show for the 50th, especially with everything else getting down-tooled because of the pandemic. Uh, they had to have something new for the 50th. Yeah. Uh, so... If the 50th was three years from now and not this year, mm-hmm. happily ever after would still be going on. Right. Um, and, and I did. And here's the thing is I, uh, I fell in love with Disney with wishes. I did. Yeah. It, it was, I held my daughter and, uh, as a, as a small child and watched them sing the song after they knew it. Yeah. So did it break my heart when wishes w- was gone? Yeah. Um, but I did fall, you know, I fell in love with Happily Ever After. I thought that that was uh, amazing, too. So good. Um, 
haven't had the opportunity to really sit down and and see I, the new show. I have. I, I've I've been to it. Okay. Um. I mean, I'll get into this when when Pete is back. Cause I'm sure he yeah. saw it too. But I I, I will give a, a quick review here. It has some great ideas, right. and it has some cool moments. But as an entire package, like there are some things that happen in this show mm-hmm. where I'm like, wow, that was cooler than anything that was in Happily Ever After. Right. But as an entire package, it is vastly inferior to what came before. Right. Now, I've not seen the Epcot one yet. I've heard that it is kind of the, I've heard Harmonious is kind of the spiritual successor to Happily Ever After. Right. I've uh, I, I've heard a lot of I've heard a lot of hot takes. Uh, mm-hmm. from from people that just like to make hot takes uh, that aren't super positive. And I've heard a lot of positive things from people who just like good shows. Yeah. So I, I have hopes for Epcot's new show because Illuminations is... Uh, and even having that little break of of uh, Epcot Forever in between does not... That, that was not enough to fully wash uh, Illuminations out of your mouth. Yeah. Uh, you got a lot to live up to because Illuminations lasted twenty years. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I remember being twelve and watching Illuminations. Mm. Like it was insane. Yep. The uh, so yeah, I I feel you know. Speaking of of like nighttime things, mm-hmm. one new thing like the way they are lighting the the icons of the parks now is breathtaking. Now I've got, I haven't gotten to see um the Tree of Life lit up yet. Mm-hmm. But okay. I've seen uh, the Tower of Terror. I've seen Cinderella Castle, and Spaceship Earth has become like a wonder of the world. Yeah, and I tell you what, uh, as much as you said earlier that uh, you taking other people to see uh, Rise to see Resistance. Rise of the Resistance was a drug for you, I got to I, which is amusing to me. I actually I got to experience the new Epcot uh, Spaceship Earth lights. And, and lighting experience before you. Yeah. So I got to, without having to worry about watching it, I got to see it through your eyes. And uh, dear listeners, the tears welling up uh, in Kevin's eyes were <laughs> worth the price of admission uh, to, sp- to spend the day with it. I just, I couldn't, I've always felt Spaceship Earth is striking. Like, I've always felt that it is probably the most striking of the four icons uh, and that yeah. inclu- including the castle, I think there's just something about Spaceship Earth the way they light it, the way they've always lit it at night, and I've always felt at night it was the most, it was the prettiest of them. Yeah, the I mean, there's they, there's other castles, man. Yeah, there's not another Spaceship Earth. The way they, other than the one we're standing on. Yeah, like the way they bring that globe to life now, it it just it has to be seen to be believed. And then when you're riding the Skyliner, you can still see it going on. I mean, it's pretty incredible. Now, th- they do some great projection mapping on the Tower of Terror also. Mm-hmm. Like, I pointed out when we walked by it, I was like, there are people walking around. Like, it looks like there are people in the windows of the hotel, like, yes. walking around. Yeah, they, they they definitely went real next level with it, uh, which uh, being, uh, I don't want to say the uh, a weaker of a park icon, but, I mean, let's be serious. Of all of the parks, the only park that doesn't really have 
hasn't had a, a long-standing park icon is Hollywood Studios. Well, it's changed three times. Yeah. That's never happened before for a park. Yeah. It's uh, never even changed once so, for the yeah. others. So they definitely went next level with that, with the projection mapping. Yeah. It did make it look like people were walking around, you know, in the windows mm-hmm. and whatnot. That was, a, it was very, very cool. Very yeah. cool. You know, the one thing that I'm really surprised has not come back post-pandemic is... Um, Star Wars: A Galactic Celebration, the Star Wars fireworks. Oh, I was going to I was going to say something a lot with a lot less words, but that and that was trams. But well, parking trams, yes, oh. Oh, it's brutal. It's, it's it is brutal. It is brutal, especially in the, imagine in the summer, like when July comes around. If we still yeah. don't have those trams, I, I I will tell you, and I mean, geez, this sounds super first worldy of me, mm-hmm. but uh, to work nine hours, drive an hour home, or whatnot. Uh, or drive to get to the parks, uh, and of course you get there late because it's after work. So right. you're so you're parked in in Hook or or, or you're parked mm-hmm. way 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 in the back of the park, uh, you know past Scar or whatnot. Uh, you're pa- you're you're not Janir. You are in Jafar. You're part. You're in like Ursula or Cruella or yes. Mulan. Uh, and you know a- you know why the Mulan uh, parking lot is the Mulan parking lot because I'm, it's in China. The- that's fair. Thanks, it's Shang. It's so far away. It <laughs> Thanks, is in Shanghai. China. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, walking, uh, it, and it's almost, uh, it, it's rough. What, actually, the, the path that you walk to get to the park and the path, path that you walk to get back is the tram line. Yeah. So it's, And I have, because I've got a little bit of snark in me, uh, I have walked that path line and very loudly said you know what would be really cool if there was like an open air transportation system that could get us to the front of the park if only we could construct one of those only we could invent it yeah and i mean you know it's an open air thing i I honestly it's got to be a budget thing at this point and and, you know in in, into something that more people can can kind of relate to Mm -hmm. it's the end of the day you've driven to the park you've been in parks all day now you have to walk back to your car and you've got to walk like, yeah. So you've got another couple miles, like, yeah. especially if you're coming from magic from magic kingdom, like you've got another uh, couple miles to get. Yeah. To. Yeah, definitely. And animal kingdoms parking lot is exceptionally large and there is no parking space that is anywhere close to the entrance. I mean, like that's a lot of elephant steps that you got to take in order to get there. Yeah. I, d- I mean, I don't even think that like uh handicap parking is even really that close. It's not like, that it's, close. No, it's it, really not. It's. I mean, the handicap parking is not super close in Magic Kingdom either. So, well, I mean, yeah, uh, that's, that's that's even fair. to the monorail. Like, it's still a right. bit of a hike, right? So again, you know, I just I don't understand what the holdup with the trams are. Um, I don't understand how it's safe to have the monorail back, but it's not safe to have the trams. I I feel that the issue most likely and i i'm just spitballing here i'm just a dude on an internet radio show right uh but my idea is it's it's got to be staffing it has to be staffing because it, it be. takes it's two employees per tram and you've got to have a dozen trams or so going yeah uh it, it's got to be staffing yeah staffing or or even i i would dare say like if it's if it's a thing they can budgetarily cut at this point they will like I know the restaurant, yeah. the restaurants apparently aren't decorating for Christmas this year because like that was a that was a COVID cut last year that is now a budget cut this year. Yeah, I mean I I don't want to get too far into the 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 negative uh, negative side of it all, but right. No, I get that. But uh, you know what? Let, let's let's take a positive turn. Let let's okay. go Skyliner. 
Uh, Skyliner. I I tell you what, game uh, changer, game changer, and uh, I know I know it's a term you love to use all of the time. It's uh, it's one of my favorite terms that you like to use all the time is game changer. Um, it is. Uh, it, after the first experience that I had with it, uh, it, you can say this that I I came in after the parks and looked straight at you and said I I'm all in. Put all my stock in the in these skyliners yeah there needs to be more yeah they should they like and i'm hoping like you know 20 30 years down the line we'll we'll get to a point where there are skyliners going to all four parks because yeah it's such a convenient mode of transportation it's it, fast it's the the it's one fun. thing i would change okay or add you know not even change add the one thing i would add to the skyliner experience they gotta have some music or something playing on that skyline, like like the way yeah. the way like you know when you take the ferry boat over to Magic Kingdom, mm-hmm. they're playing yep. Disney music and stuff. It's yep. just like especially like when you're on it with other people, when that has to happen occasionally. When it's right, like, right, right, you, right, it's the it's the most awkward ride of your life. It and then, is, yeah, like yeah. the it'll be the do 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 welcome aboard the Disney Skyliner. You're looking yep. at water that flows to the Everglades. Yeah, and, I mean they do tell you a little bit of information. I do like uh, when you leave Hollywood Studios, they they're like, oh, wave to your adorable fans mm-hmm. bye-bye like i love that stuff that's neat but uh yeah and i, I tell you what and if uh if any of your listeners are, are big tiktok people or even small tiktok people uh my wife uh at actress a-k-t-r-e-z r-e-z um she's got a video from one of the first experiences uh, yeah. on the skyliner and we matched it up perfectly with the uh, DVD fast play intro from uh, from the early two thousands, that you know we have our heading. Here mm-hmm. we go, and you just take off. Well, and that is just a magical feeling. That's the thing about the Skyliner is like it. You you're not prepared for how quickly it takes off, but you're really not prepared for how hot it comes in. <laughs> like everyone, everyone I've ever been on the Skyliner with has been like. <gasps> When when like the Skyliner like comes in because you think it, it look it almost looks like it's gonna crash into the one in front of it but then it puts the brakes on yeah. hard every time Becky kept putting her feet up uh, on the opposite side and I was like what are you going to like if we crash into something what is gonna happen you're right. gonna break both of your legs right. stop that right and the next time she'd do it again it's just, you know it's it's like that it's like that. Um, like when my like my girlfriend yelled at me like not yelled at me but like she like made fun of me the other day because like she had to like stop short and I like tried to hit the imaginary break. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. just kind of a natural instinct break. to do, yep. you know. Um, all right, so Skyliner, love it. Can't get enough of it. I Can't. give it to me everywhere, everywhere. And, and you know the, the, the when the Skyliner when they were like, oh well, there's gonna be no air conditioning on those things. That's gonna be rough. That breeze that blows through there is heavenly. Yeah. Oh, like, it's wonderful. Uh, and uh, in the evening, which I tell you what, taking the Skyliner at night is is a whole different experience. Um, mm-hmm. Especially you know when you're coming into the R- Riviera and you're coming into yeah. Epcot, uh, or you're leaving Epcot just with Spaceship Earth all lit up now. Yeah. Uh, it is just it's breathtaking. Sometimes it's and sometimes you have to close the window because the breeze is yeah, too much. I, which yeah, that's I was going to say is that uh, at nighttime. Uh, if, if you were wearing shorts, cause it was warmer out in the day, let mm-hmm. me tell you what you, you need to cover up or uh, close those windows. Cause it, it will get chilly in there. Totally. Totally. And, and you know, it was one of those things where everybody was like, this is going to be a disaster because there's no air conditioning. I said, and I remember saying to Pete on the show, I was like, 
I really don't think that in the Disney boardroom right now, they're like, oh, no, we started construction on this thing and didn't think about air conditioning in Orlando. I was like, this is not going to be a problem. I really don't think it's going to be a problem. Right. No, it's it's it, uh, it's it's amazing. And it's it's better even than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, honestly. And I thought it was going to be great. And, mm-hmm. I, and I thought it was even better. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I think there's one more major new thing that you've gotten to experience since coming down here. And that's Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Yeah. Um, now, this is now, you know, we were talking about nostalgia and how it's it's nice to have these things that have been, been around forever. Mm-hmm. But I think this is an op- an example of something that replaced something that was beloved, but it's a positive change, I think. Yeah. And people and, are probably yelling at me right now for saying that, but that, I think it's a positive yeah, change. That, and, and that's true. And I get that. And I I was an avid fan of uh, of the great movie ride wrote it every time I went to magic to uh Disney's Hollywood Studios. Yep. Uh and actually because I didn't happen to live down here and didn't have access to it, even got with you to make sure that I got the That's a Rap shirt. Right. When they closed. Uh so I mean obviously I was a really, really big fan. And this isn't one of those like fake nostalgia, oh my God, the um uh the Oh, what the Maelstrom! Like everybody's like. Oh, when Maelstrom fake, was everybody's favorite ride, all of yes, a sudden, all of a sudden, the ride that never had more than a five-minute wait was everybody's favorite. Uh, it, it, the uh, great movie ride was beloved, and I got to experience Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, and I am happy they changed it. Yeah, it's delightful. Yeah, it, it's delight. I, I, my jaw hurt from all of the smiling. The whole ride. I did not stop smiling and in feeling joy the whole ride. It really feels like you're inside a cartoon. Like, yeah. Like, I yeah. I was amazed at, like, and I guess with projection mapping and whatnot, they can, you know, the entire ride is like a big screen, essentially. But they've, like, it's like they've taken the universal concept of using screens effectively and, like, perfected it to, to like, the 10th level. Right, yeah. Because, like, when, you, when you're, when you like, in that, like, cowboy area or jungle mm-hmm. area and then you go down the waterfall and you cra- and you, you yeah. turn around and you're in the same room but it looks now completely different. Yeah. Like, that's oh, yeah. amazing. And yeah. it's a simple effect. It's this flip of a switch. Yeah. And, uh, you know, w- when they were talking about – when they were talking about it, when they were making it and they were calling it 2.5D, it truly is that because it's not – and, you know – it. The dark place, uh, it, mm. Universal. Uh, yes, they have they have projection mapping. They have those screen rides, but everything is a flat surface that you're seeing it on. Yeah, this isn't. It really is projection mapping in three dimensions. You 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 lose yourself. You mm. forget yourself where you are. Now, and, and I, I know, like, I I think the big game changer for for all new attractions going forward, and I mean, but especially for this one, for Rise of the Resistance, for Remy's. The trackless ride system. Yeah. Uh, so I, good. Yeah. And I mean, we, you know, we forget about the fact that like we've been experiencing a tiny bit of it for a very long time mm-hmm. with uh, at least the Walt Disney version of uh, the Tower of Terror. Right. That, that has a very short period. That's a trackless system. Right. But what they can do with this trackless system now, the speeds and the, uh, the ability, the, ability to just like stop on a dime turn 
you are hitting you you literally waltz at one point (laughs) yes oh my god that was amazing and uh that was so cool that you know being there with daisy who is uh, underappreciated a lot of the time she's one of the first to get the boot if if they only you know need a few characters fab five Uh, is always her and pluto are kind of interchangeable with the fab five like it's right and it's usually pluto that that gets the nod um but no, that it was it was a joy. It was lovely. And then at, at the end of it, you get out and uh, you get to go around and take some of the uh, pictures with with some of the cool different uh, uh, um, scenes that they have set up from the new Mickey shorts, like Potato Land. I love Potato Land. Potato Land is great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so much new stuff to experience, and and I'm and I'm glad. But you haven't gotten a chance to go on Remy's yet, right? I have not had a chance to get on Remy's. Let's yet. get you'll you'll get on it soon. Oh yeah. So and again, it's not going anywhere. Right. That's that's, a, that's the thing, which is why I haven't like really pushed myself on making sure that I get to experience it mm-hmm. because I know a couple months from now when when it's dwindled down a little bit and the next new thing is happening, which is something that I very quickly learned is whatever the hot thing is this minute. Whatever was hot last month, you'll be able to get to do that easily. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's what uh, one thing that the the negative sides of social media with everything being only cool for five seconds uh, has has made it is if if you want to do the last thing that was cool, you can do it. You just got to wait for the next new thing to be cool and then you got plenty of time to do it. Well, was there anything else you wanted to discuss? Because, I mean, we're at over an hour at this point, so probably time to start wrapping up. Uh, if you get the opportunity to go see Dune, if you like sci-fi movies, go see Dune. I'm just going to watch it on, on TV, I think, um, at the, at this point. It's been out for a while. Uh, yeah. But speaking of movies, I know, like, literally right before we went on the air, the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer dropped. Yes, it did. Oh, boy. I, I, you know, we'll, dis- we'll discuss it again when Pete's here, but, like, man, man, oh, man, does this movie look insane. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I my only fear, which isn't really much of a fear, but it, it's I, I'm not sure what what clothing designer that said uh, put everything on that you want to wear, and then right before you leave the house, take one thing off. Mm-hmm. But my only fear is that there's too much different stuff in it that nothing gets time to breathe. Well, you know, the one thing we didn't see in this trailer was, and I'm starting to think that maybe we were all wrong. There was no Andrew Garfield and no Tobey Maguire. Yeah. So either maybe they're not in it or maybe they're just saving that for a surprise. Um, yeah, I mean, with with all of the leaks and the spills and and people seeing at this coffee shop and that coffee shop and you right. have no reason to go to Atlanta unless you're being in a in a right. Marvel movie, uh, you got to believe. Uh, though, I mean, they've done weirder things. Like, uh, I just can't. I guess they figure you're going to this movie anyway. We can hold this as a surprise. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. It's it's much like going into these new ride experiences uh, blind. I don't want to know the whole movie. Like, sure, I want to see a trailer. And I want to get hyped for it. Well, I want I a trailer thought... to get hyped for it. I don't want. I don't want the uh, the disappointment that was the uh, Obi Wan teaser. Like, I actually uh... want to get some stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like I feel like this was. Sony's marketing department put this together and not Marvel's because I feel like Marvel would have given you even less because remember the the marketing for Endgame was nothing 
Yeah. Like, it was just basically like, hey, this movie exists. You're going to go see well, it. Well, I mean, the marketing for Endgame was like two hours long, and I'm pretty sure it was called Infinity War. Yeah, so. exactly. Like, but, like, this movie, they were saying that, like, the, the first trailer for No Way Home was the biggest trailer in history. Like, right. And obviously, the second trailer, we're all clamoring for more ever since we saw Alfred Molina. You know, mm-hmm. yep, Doc true. Ock his way onto that bridge. Yep. But they showed us an awful lot of the plot of this movie. Like, they showed me Peter's, like, now I, like, they showed me a lot of stuff with Ock. They showed me a lot of Peter's, like, motivations like with, mm-hmm. with the with the villains. Yeah, a- I... And, you know, the, the only thing that, like, kind of perplexed me, and I think this might have just been a trailer line, because I don't think that, because they're saying, like, oh, all of these villains died fighting Spider-Man. And Salmon and the Lizard didn't die. So I think that was just for the trailer. I think right. I think they're gonna say a few of these villains died because like it's. I think it's gonna be like if he sends Ock and Norman and um, Electro back, they will die. Right, and yeah. it's Peter trying to prevent that from happening while also having to try to stop them. Right. Yeah. And I mean, look, Willem Dafoe seems like he might very well be the the main villain of this movie, and I'm all for that because I feel like Ock is going to kind of make a bit of a baby face. Like, I got the sense from this trailer that Ock is going to make kind of a baby face turn. It, uh, you know what? I, uh, from what I saw, I can't really disagree with you on that. Yeah. I, I think you could be right. Yeah. I, and I, I don't want to see that because I love Doc Ock as a villain, but... Right. I mean, I can't, I can't say it's not... Like, I won't be disappointed. They won't ruin the movie for me. Uh, but, I mean, just give me all the Defoe. Like, oh gosh, yeah. Oh man, I, I, I. There's not enough Defoe. There's got to be a time jump in this movie though, because we see Defoe in his Spider-Man One Goblin suit at one point, and then there's a very brief glimpse. And I watched it a bunch of times and like tried to freeze frame it. He's he's like the suit is different, and he's not wearing a helmet. And Mm. I I saw concept art that I thought might have been fake, but apparently was real of like what that looks like. So I'm pretty sure that's what they're going with. So there's got to be a time jump. Also, Ock clearly has some kind of Stark tech on his arms. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, it looked like Iron Man armor, like the red that came over his arms. Right. Yeah. I mean, you gotta you gotta figure if they're if they're just like you know alternate timeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, there's probably you've got to figure that there's. I mean, if there's unlimited Spider Man, then there's unlimited Iron Man. And I mean the whole nine yards. Right. So uh, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how it, how they deal with a lot of that. Or stuff. or the spell happens; these villains end up here, and we don't realize they're Peter doesn't realize they're there for a couple months, which gives right. geniuses like Ock and Norman Osborn right. opportunities to play in this Candyland of technology that is the MCU. Yeah. Yeah, which I think could be that, cool. Yeah, that's that's kind of true. I mean, I know they're they're bringing in you know with uh, with WandaVision and with um, the, with Doctor Strange or whatever that they're bringing in a lot of, or they're trying to bring in a lot of like the magical elements, yeah. the the Ditko stuff, uh, which I was obviously a big fan of when I was a child. Um, but you know, it, science is magic. You understand, so mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's. It, it'll be interesting to see how they they play all that stuff. Totally, totally. All right. Well, my friend, thank you very much for uh, coming in and filling in this week. Of course, I very much appreciate it. And obviously, now that you're you know living in the area, it's gonna be a lot easier to get you on the show. You know, more a little more often. Yeah. Um. You know, Pete's gonna be back next week. We have uh we have a standing plan to 
record next week when I am back from New Jersey. I get back on Monday, so hopefully either Tuesday or Thursday we'll be able to record. Uh, but yeah, folks, uh, other than that, uh, that's going to do it for Two Men in the Mass this week, folks. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you guys next week uh, with Pete back for the Mandel Family Disney Vacation Rundown for 2021. Uh, very excited. It's always our favorite show of the year. Uh, folks, if you love our good friend Peter Mandel, check him out at Rogue Comics over in Cranford, New Jersey at 105 North Union Avenue. Cranford, New Jersey, 07016, or go to roguecomics.com where you can find a link to Pete's eBay store. If you are going to Walt Disney World, Disney Cruise, Adventures by Disney, any Disney resort throughout the known world, check out our buddy Dave Weikert of Magical Travel who will plan your Disney vacation at no additional cost to you. He's actually planning my cruise as we speak. So check him out at uh, DisneyDaveW at Verizon.net. Shoot him an email. Let him know two men in the mouse sent you. If you're renting a crib or stroller, check out our buddies over at KingdomStrollers.com. Uh, we'll rent you the crib or stroller of your dreams and deliver it right to your Disney resort. Also, folks, check out the Morty Monster YouTube channel. Uh, it's been on a bit of a hiatus lately while I've been, like, supremely busy. Uh, haven't really been able to get to the parks with him very much. We have a New York Comic Con video coming out, but he's going to have uh, his Christmas videos coming out soon. We explore the parks at Christmas time. Always my favorite videos of the year. Uh, and please check out my books, the Ross and Anti series, available now on Audible.com. I know I've been saying it for months, but the third one, uh, the third full novel, is currently in production, audiobook wise, and it is going so so well. Like I'm in love with it. It sounds really great. My narrator did a. I'm not. I don't narrate it. I have a wonderful narrator who does a job a million times better than I ever could. And, just so so wonderful so please check it out especially if you got an audible membership uh they are available for your monthly credit uh all right well that does it for me uh zach any closing words don't forget to love each other yeah all right folks please keep the magic alive every day of your lives we will see you next week on two men and the mouse so there's a great big beautiful tomorrow Shining at the end of every day There's a great big beautiful tomorrow Just a dream away If you're standing, please hold on to the handrails and stay clear of the doors until the monorail stops completely and the doors open. If this concludes your visit, we hope you've had a wonderful time and will return home safely. Thank you for traveling with us.